Good morning. Welcome to With God at Dawn. This morning, who changed the Sabbath? What happened in history that made that switch? Let's begin with prayer. Dear Jesus, please guide us this morning as we look at this subject. I know there's more information than what we have here. I pray that people who are interested use it as a jumping off point to find out more. In your name we pray. Amen. Who changed the Sabbath? Since we have found that neither Christ nor his disciples changed the Sabbath, the Sabbath day rather, and that the Bible does not record any change, we will have to look to history for the change of the Sabbath. The seventh day continued to be kept for several generations after Christ, but with the sacredness gradually decreasing in proportion to the rising influence of Sunday until the church became so powerful that wherever it had sway, it would put down the Sabbath and exalt the first day of the week. This was a gradual work taking several centuries for its accomplishment in the year A.D. 321. A.D. 321. Now, Jesus died, was it A.D. 31? 31 A.D.? 321, so it was almost 300 years later. Constantine issued the following edict. This was Constantine. Let all the judges and townspeople and the occupation of all trades rest on the venerable day of the sun, but let those who are situated in the country freely and at full liberty attend to the business of agriculture, because it often happens that no other day is so fit for sowing corn and planting vines, lest a critical moment being let slip, men should lose the commodities granted by heaven. This is the first Sunday law. I believe you can find that in the Great Controversy, page 53, where it tells the history of this. The church favored the keeping of Sunday, and different edicts were issued. From time to time, but notwithstanding all this, many Christians still kept the Seventh-day Sabbath according to the commandment. Because the practice of keeping Seventh-day Sabbath was evidently gaining ground in the Eastern Church, the following degree was passed in a council uh, held in Laodicea, A.D. 364. That, so 21, about 43 years later, that members of the church should not rest from work on the Sabbath day like the Jews, but should labor on that day and preferring and honor the Lord's day. So they named it the Lord's Day to give it some kind of like authority. Then, if it be in their power, should rest from work as Christians. Sermons on the Sacrament and the Sabbath, pages 122, uh, 123, GC 65, in the Augsburg Confession, which was drawn up by Melanchthon and approved by Luther, to the question, what ought we think? of the Lord's Day. It is answered that the Lord's Day, Easter, Whitsuntide, and other such holy days ought to be kept because they're appointed by the church. That's why they said they ought to keep them. They were appointed by the church. Daniel 7.25. Let's read Daniel 7.25. And he shall speak great words against the Most High and shall wear out the saints of the Most High. And here it is. Think to change times and laws. And they shall be given unto his hand until a time and times and the dividing of times. 
we all know that that's the history of the papacy that he thought to change times and laws and you can all you have to do to see it is to look at their version of the Ten Commandments and compare it to the Ten Commandments that are in Exodus 20. There's no account in the Bible of any Sabbath of the Lord except the Seventh-day Sabbath as the Sabbath of the Lord. But Daniel prophesied of a power that would think to change the law of God. Prophets and Kings, pages 179, tells us, a signpost was erected by God for those journeying through this world. One arm of this signpost pointed out willing obedience to the Creator as the road to felicity and life, while the other arm indicated disobedience as the path to misery and death. The way to happiness was as clearly defined as was the way to the city of refuge under the Jewish dispensation, but in an evil hour for our race, the great enemy of all good Turned the signpost around. <laughs> Multitudes have mistaken the way. Now, what was it the Sabbath does? It, re it helps us remember that Jesus is our creator. And we honor him on that day. But Satan turned around so that he didn't want anyone to honor God as creator. Satan wanted all the honor, didn't he? <clears throat> Through Moses, the Lord instructed the Israelites, Verily, my Sabbaths you shall keep. For it is a sign... Just as that signpost we just referred to, it's a sign between me and you throughout your generations that you may know that I am the Lord that does sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath, therefore, for it is holy unto you. Everyone that defileth it shall surely be put to death. For whosoever doeth any work in the Sabbath day, he shall surely be put to death. Wherefore, the children of Israel shall keep the Sabbath to observe the Sabbath throughout their generations for a perpetual covenant. It's a sign between me and the children of Israel forever. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. Now what's a covenant? It's an agreement between two parties. If you do this, I'll do that. And if Israel, if we, God's people, keep the Sabbath, then he will sanctify us. That's his agreement. And God does not lie. I know there's more that you can look up on that, but I think that's all I'm reading on that this morning. Um... Ezekiel 22, 26 to 28 tells us. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Why was Sunday considered profane? Because it was worshiping the sun god. Uh, but back to the Bible. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. They have hid their eyes from my Sabbath, and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood and to destroy souls to get dishonest gain, and her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken. That's exactly right. Uh, the papacy has said, the, thus the Lord hath said. They even claimed that a scroll fell from the sky onto one of their altars. Trying to establish Sunday as, as the Lord's day. What they would call the Lord's day. Just like this said. Saying, thus saith the Lord when the Lord hath not spoken. 
And then Ezekiel 13, 10 through 12. Because, even because they have seduced my people, saying peace, and there was no peace, and one built up a wall, and lo, others daubed it with untempered mortar, say unto them which daub it with untempered mortar, that it shall fall. There shall be an overflowing shower, and ye, O great hailstones, shall fall, and a stormy wind shall rend it. So they tried to establish a wall, in other words, or something, a standard like the Sunday, but God says he will destroy that. Ezekiel saw the law violated, Sabbath profane, and those who should have led in right lines using untempered border or giving falsehood instead of God's word. Patriarchs and Prophets, page 477, tells us that... <clears throat> oh, let's see here. Um... And now another scene, see now, this is reading about, I'm not going to read the whole thing, just the specific part. Moses, God had told him to meet him on the mountain, that he would then be laid to rest. And Moses was allowed, he didn't get to go in to see the promised land, but he had a vision in which he saw the future outplaying of many things. And this is telling a certain part. Now another scene passed before him. He had been shown the work of Satan in leading the Jews to reject Christ, while they professed to honor his father's law. He now saw the Christian world under a similar deception in professing to accept Christ while they rejected God's law. All we have to do is look around and see that that has in fact happened. He had heard from the priests and elders the frenzied cry, Away with him! Crucify him! Crucify him! And now he heard from professedly Christian teachers to cry, Away with the law! He saw the Sabbath trodden underfoot and a spurious institution established in its place. Again, Moses was filled with astonishment and horror. How could those who believed in Christ reject the law spoken by his own voice upon the sacred mount? How could any that feared God set aside the law, which is the foundation of his government in heaven and earth? With joy, Moses saw the law of God still honored and exalted by a faithful few, a faithful you. It's a remnant. And what is a remnant? It's the last piece of cloth left on a roll of cloth. A remnant. It's the first that went on the cloth, and it's the last, I mean, the first that went on the roll as the roll is rolling up. But then as you're taking the cloth off, it's the last one there. And that kind of refers to the same as what happened in the Christian church. The early apostolic church is the first that went on in history. And it's going to be, the remnant will be the last people who still have that same faith as the, the original beginning. Just like the beginning. He saw the last great struggle of earthly power to destroy those who keep God's law. He looked forward to the time when God shall arise to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. And those who have feared his name shall be covered and hid in the day of his anger. He heard God's covenant of peace with those who have kept his law as he utters his voice from his holy habitation, and the heavens and the earth do shake. He saw the second coming of Christ in glory, the righteous dead raised to immortal life. See, the righteous dead were sleeping in their graves. They weren't in heaven somewhere. 
or hell or anywhere else. They were just there in their grave sleeping. Their brains had the breath that lost their life, breath of life, and their brains were sleeping. The Lord raised them to immortal life. And the living saints were translated without seeing death. And together, ascending with songs of gladness to the city of God. Okay, so Moses had, there was more to his vision. And if you want to read about that, it's in the death of Moses in Patriarchs and Prophets. All right. But, um, the following is taken from the Catholic Christian Instructed, a 17th edition, revised and corrected, pages 272 and 273. Question. What warrant have you for keeping Sunday preferably to the ancient Sabbath, which was Saturday? Answer, we have for it the authority of the Catholic Church and apostolic tradition. Question, does the scripture anywhere command the Sunday to be kept for the Sabbath? Answer, the scripture commands us to hear the church. Matthew eighteen seventeen, Luke ten sixteen, and to hold fast the tradition of the apostles. 2 Thessalonians 2.15 But the scripture does not in particular mention a change of the Sabbath. John speaks of the Lord's Day, Revelation 1.10, but he does not tell us what day of the week this was, much less does he tell us what day was to take the place of the Sabbath ordained in the commandments. Luke speaks of the disciples meeting together to break bread on the first day of the week in Acts 27, and, and Paul orders that on the first day of the week the Corinthians should lay by and store what they designated to bestow in charity on the faithful in Judea. That's found in 1 Corinthians 16, 2. Um, but neither the one nor the other tells us that this first day of the week was to be henceforth a day of worship. And the Christian Sabbath, so that truly the best authority we have for this ancient custom, is the testimony of the church, and therefore, those who pretend to such religious observers of Sunday, whilst they take no notice of other festivals ordained by the same church authority, <clears throat> in other words, you know, um, supposedly Protestant churches have come out from Catholicism because of the Reformation, and there are other church holidays that they don't honor. Um, I won't try to name any of them. There's a lots of religious observance on that the Catholic Church has and these Protestant churches don't honor those but they keep Sunday which was started by Constantine who <clears throat> um, gave authority to the Catholic Church or the papacy in in uh, Constantinople and I think it was Constantinople I'd have to verify that one but anyways therefore those who pretend to such religious observers of Sunday they take no notice of other festivals ordained by the same church authority, show that they act more by humor. In other words, just it's my desire to do so for some reason, than by reason and religion. Since Sunday and holidays all stand upon the same foundation, namely the ordinance of the church. Okay, so that was all from the Catholic, um, that was a quote from that Catholic um, paper that I just quoted to you. <clears throat> the Doctrinal Catechism is another Catholic book, pages 174 and 352. They offer what they consider proof that Protestants are not guided by the scriptures. Well, actually, they're not guided by the scriptures. They're guided by um, Catholic doctrine. We, They say, we present two of the questions and answers. Question, 
Have you any other way of proving that the church has power to institute festivals of precept? Answer, had she not such power, she could not have done that in which all modern religionists agree with her. She could not have substituted the observance of Sunday, the first day of the week, for the observance of Saturday, the seventh day, a change for which there is no scriptural authority. Question, when Protestants do profane work and work on Saturday or the seventh day of the week, do they follow the scriptures as their only rule of faith? Do they find this permission clearly laid down in the sacred volume? Answer, on the contrary. They have only the authority of tradition for this practice. In profaning Saturday, they violate one of God's commandments, which he never clearly abrogated. Remember that thou keep holy the Sabbath day. And that can be found in more of the history in the in the uh, Great Controversy, page 447, and that whole chapter. And that's the end of our study this morning. Let me summarize really quickly who changed the Sabbath. Neither Christ nor his disciples changed the Sabbath. And it was shown that the man of sin changed the law of God, thinking to change times and laws. And that Constantine issued an edict, the first Sunday law, A.D. 321, centuries after the death of Christ. And prior to that, the only ones who kept Sunday were the pagan pagan god um, worshippers of idols and such. But Constantine, you can read his history of it, wanted to bring together the pagans and the Christians. So they uh, renamed the names of the idols to be Mary, Jesus, and the apostles and so forth, when actually they were pagan idols. And they brought the churches together in one, and he baptized his army, walking them through a river, and that sort of thing. You can read all about it. And let's see, even the Catholic Church in their catechism teaches that there's no authority other than the church and tradition for keeping Sunday. And what can I say here? The members of the church should not rest from work on the Sabbath like the Jews. In other words, they're trying to really distance themselves from the Jews. And there's no account in the Bible of any Sabbath of the Lord except the Seventh-day Sabbath. It's referred to as Lord of the Sabbath, and uh, the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord in Exodus. Ezekiel saw the law violated, and uh, Moses in his vision saw Sabbath trodden underfoot. But the Catholics freely confess that their church is the one who changed it, beginning, of course, with Constantine, who gave the Catholics authority in the city that he gave them. I, I keep wanting to say Constantinople, but um, <clears throat> that has to be verified for sure. I'm not sure I, I can count on my memory on that. Anyways, let's close with prayer today, brothers and sisters. Dear Jesus, thank you so much that we have some history to look to, to understand what actually happened, that we can choose to follow your word, no matter what men tell us, that we trust in you, Lord, for in your word is power, the power to obey. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you, brothers and sisters. Tomorrow morning, we're going to talk about the seal of God. What is the seal of God? We're going to be sealed if we're his children, right? We want to know what that seal is. All right. God bless you today. Take care. I'll see you in the morning.